the keys to a really successful marketing plan is it's got to be simple, right? Um, a really complex marketing plan. And I've seen marketing plans that are so complicated and so detailed that even me, you know, with a degree in marketing in 15 years, I look at it and I think, God, like I'm really struggling to get my head around that. You know, how's the average small business person going to cope with that? So one of the keys for your marketing. Hey gang, um, welcome back to the Marketing Mashup. It feels like it's been forever um, since I've chatted to you, but it's been a fucking crazy end to the year for us for so many different reasons. Um, I definitely overcommitted myself to so many things this year. Um, the local chamber of commerce, the Lakeside Festival, music festival, which was so much fun. And I'm so glad I did that. But I'm also kind of really glad that that's over. I'm not doing it again next year. It was a huge amount of work. You just don't realize how much is involved in, in putting something like that together. Well, I didn't anyway. I had no idea how much was involved in, in putting something like that together. Even as part of you know quite a large committee, there is still so much for everybody to do and it's all consuming for months and months and months. And then the week of the event, it's just nonstop. Like the, the actual work to physically set the festival up, so being down at the site, putting stuff together, um, making sure that everything's laid out properly, putting up all the sponsors' flags and banners and things like that, which was you know, on, on my desk to do because I was the marketing guy. So that was, it was brilliant. Like the, the, the festival itself, it was really hard, you know, on the day or on the night, you know, when the festival wrapped up and we're all saying, see you later. And, you know, we've got our photo with Kate Sobrano and you just kind of get caught up in the moment. And I just had to remind myself, I'm not going to do this next year because that's the point where you go, yeah, this is awesome. Let's do it again. And I'm like, no, um, I'm always, doing something community focused, right? I just think that's so important for all of us to be doing something in our community. You know, our business, it takes a lot out, well, not of this community, but, you know, more broadly, you know, we we get a lot out of it. We have clients who pay us and and so we, we get a lot. So it's important to give a little bit back, you know. Um, so I'm always doing something community focused and I'm always really mindful of that. But Next year's community, I guess, involvement for us. There's always the the community kitchen that we're involved with um, down in, in Penrith in Western Sydney, where we help out with the uh, the Christmas lunch. And uh, Joe, who's part of Orbit, does their social media for them. Um, so there's always something. But but next year we're getting involved in a breast care. Um, fundraising event it's like a one month long event called pink up your town and we're going to do pink up foster next year so i don't think that's been formally announced anywhere yet like this might be the first place i've, I've like publicly spoken about that but we're going to do that next year but it's like a, a six or eight week commitment you know it's not the whole year so i'm really stoked about that and looking forward to that it's in october next year so we'll be bringing you guys along for the ride on that too for sure that'll be a fun case study but anyway it it, it's nice to to be able to you know put my focus back where it should be, which is on the business. Because you know being stretched and and having my focus in so many different places definitely had an impact on orbit. And so um, you know I, I don't know that I'm ready to kind of unpack all of that right now, but I will be 
you know, maybe in January or February, we'll kind of unpack the, the impact that that had on the business and the challenges that we faced as a result of it and, you know, what we did about that. But that's something for us to chat about later on. But today, I'm finally getting to the point of today's podcast. Today, what we're talking about is a blueprint for your marketing plan. So we all know how important it is to have a marketing plan. And, you know, some of us have got one and some of us haven't. Hopefully all you guys do. Um, And how important it is that it's current and up to date. And it's not something that you do once and shove in a drawer and then you never look at it again because then it doesn't actually help you at all. So your, your marketing plan needs to be a living, breathing document, something that you refer to all the time, something that keeps you on track. So if you're looking at a particular activity, a particular piece of marketing or particular promotional opportunity, you can look back at your plan and say, well, does it fit in with the goals and the objectives of that plan? If you're looking at developing a product or improving a product or removing a product or service from your line, look at your plan and say, well, how does that fit in with the goals and the objectives of the plan, but one of the keys to a really successful marketing plan is it's got to be simple, right? Um, a really complex marketing plan, and I've seen marketing plans that are so complicated and so detailed that even me, you know, with a degree in marketing in fifteen years, I look at it and I think, God, like I'm really struggling to get my head around that. You know, how's the average small business person going to cope with that? So. One of the keys for your marketing plan is you need to keep it simple because otherwise you just won't implement it, right? It will become one of those things that you shove in a drawer and then you maybe pull it out once a year if you're lucky and go, oh God, I wish we did that. I wish we implemented that. Um, But you don't if it's really complex. And so this time next year, you're in the same place that you are now and that's terrible. So I just want to run through with you what are the really important elements that you should include in your marketing plan, right? So I guess like the stripped down version of your plan um, and what you really need to include to make sure that the plan is going to deliver what you need it to deliver, but that you're actually going to use it. So the first thing is that it needs to have a client persona, right? So we've spoken about client personas before and, and we'll speak about them again and we'll do some more detailed podcasts on how to create one, but your client persona is essentially a, a, a deep, rich description of your ideal customer, including way more than demographics, right? So demographics are still important, age and gender identity, you know, family circumstances, employment, that sort of stuff. That's important. You need to know that. But more than that, fears, frustrations, goals, desires, pain points, right? You really want to drill down into that stuff. So this is the part of the plan that you don't want to skimp on, right? Don't gloss over this. Spend a little bit of time on it and get really crystal clear on who is your ideal customer. What's the sort of language that they use? What are the problems they're facing and how do you help solve them? You know, what are the key words that they use when they're describing their problem? What are the words that they use when they're talking about their dream outcome? Like what's the absolute deep seated desire connected to some kind of emotional trigger like fear, like greed, like ego, like love, right? Your client persona, that's critical. That's the the foundational piece of your marketing plan. If you get that right, everything else becomes a whole lot easier. So 
that's the first thing is your client persona is a fundamental piece, a foundational piece of your marketing plan, and you need to spend a bit of time working on that. Read reviews, read your reviews that people have written for you. Read reviews and recommendations and testimonials about competitors because the things that people talk about, about, oh, they helped me with X, Y, Z, they'll be the things that are important, right? They're not going to talk about they helped me with whatever this thing is if that thing wasn't important. So the things that people felt like were achieved for them, right? I don't know if I said that very well, but that's that's what's important to them. If it's a negative review, it'll be something that wasn't done. And that something will be important as well. So read a few reviews, not one or two, you know, 10, 15 from different com- different people in your industry, competitors, things like that. And you'll start to get an understanding of what's important. What are the goals? What are the frustrations of your ideal customer? Get really clear on that. Based on that is the next thing that you want to include in your plan, which is a content strategy. So what types of content do you need to create? And pro tip, The content should address the pain points, should address the fears, address the frustrations, and address those goals and desires that you identified as part of your client persona, right? So that's what you want to do. You want to create content that genuinely helps with those things, genuinely helps achieve a goal, genuinely helps remove a frustration or a pain point, right? Or a fear. And in terms of the the format that content should be in, again, back to your client persona, Is your ideal client um, more likely to read a blog or watch a video or listen to a podcast? So create your content based on that. It needs to be something that fits in with your skill set, but predominantly you're creating it for your ideal customer to help them. So you need to create it in a format that they're likely to consume, right? Don't write a blog that's going to take somebody 20 minutes to read and is really technical if you know that that's not what your ideal customer is going to read. Okay, so create content that genuinely helps, that's in a format they're going to consume and make it, um, well, I don't know if you can hear that. We've got a massive thunderstorm going on outside today. Um, Make the content focused on your ideal customer and how it benefits them. Try not to talk too much about your, your features of your product or your service. Because as business owners, we we love that stuff. You know, we're engaged in it and involved in it because we created it often. Your, your customer doesn't care. They just want to know what's in it for them. So your organic content strategy, what sort of content are you going to create? Then the next bit, So we've done client persona and organic content strategy. Now we want to look at a visibility plan, right? How are we going to make ourselves more visible to those ideal customers, right? What are we going to do with that content to get it in front of those people? And you want to include things like where you'll post. So what social media platforms like Facebook, like Instagram, like TikTok, like LinkedIn, like YouTube, Google My Business or your Google Business Profile now, Where are you going to put that content and how are you going to amplify the message? So you need to be using paid ads as well. So it could be if you're using video content, maybe you're going to run an ad with a bit of video in it that maybe links back to the full blog or the full video on your website. So how are you going to take that content and get it in front of more people? You cannot just rely on posting it anymore, right? If you've got a Facebook profile and you put up a post, 
a small percentage of the people who follow your page will see that and then not many other people. So you're going to have to use a paid strategy as well. So set a budget, right? That we'll, we'll cover setting budgets in another episode, but make sure you allocate a budget specifically for advertising, right? Not just as part of your marketing budget, specifically for advertising. If it's just kind of built into your marketing budget, it'll get absorbed into building a website or printing flyers or something along those lines. You need a separate ad budget so that you can push that content out to a wider group of people. So you need your client persona, your content strategy, your visibility plan, and also lead gen next, right? So now that you're more visible to people, how are you going to turn that into inquiries or leads or sales if you're a product business? So again, back to your client persona, what are those fears and frustrations and goals and desires? And you want to create something, again, a little bit like your organic content strategy, You want to build something that genuinely addresses those fears and those pain points and helps achieve those goals. But this time needs to be a bit more detailed, right? Maybe it's an ebook, maybe it's a checklist, maybe it's a process that people can follow. Um, It could even be a free webinar, something along those lines that is really genuinely helpful, but people have to opt in this time to get it, right? So with your visibility plan and your organic content strategy, it's really just about getting that stuff in front of people. And the whole idea is for them to just consume it. Now we want them to go one step further because they've seen your content, they've seen something that you posted or they read a blog or watched a video and they're like, hey, these guys are really, really good. Now you want to offer offer them something that's a bit more in depth, but they've got to sign up to get it. They don't have to pay for it with money, but they need to opt in. So they've got to give you their name, their email address, and ideally their phone number in order to get access to it. Now, the phone number is a controversial one. Some people say, well, it's a bit too early to be asking for phone numbers, possibly. But if you do ask for it and you do get it, that's a, a higher level of commitment from that person. So it's a higher quality lead, right? When we're talking about lead quality, having somebody offer up their phone number as well is a higher quality lead. And it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to ring them, but you might use it for SMS marketing, right? So if somebody opts in, they pop their name and their email address and their phone number in in order to get access to an ebook, which you've created that specifically helps them to achieve this goal that they've got, then you should have an automated email that sends it out to them as soon as they fill in the form or submit the form. Then a few minutes later, send them a text message, right? You can automate this too. Send them a text message that says, hey, thanks very much. We've just emailed that ebook to this email address, the one that they submitted. If you don't see it in your inbox, check your spam folder. Or check your spam folder. Because a lot of email platforms now are really heavily filtering what comes through. And they either send it into spam or they put it into, you know, the non-primary inbox. And so people often miss it and they think, "Mm, I opted in for that thing and I never got sent to me. When really it did, they just missed it. So 10 minutes later, five minutes later, send them a text message that tells them you've sent the thing to them and which email address you sent it to so that they can check it. And that way, if they've got their email address wrong when they put it in, that will come up as well. And then they'll know it they'll know why they haven't received it. And you can even have, you know, a little um, option in the message for them to reply if your email address is wrong or if you would like it sent to a different email address. So that's really why you want their mobile number because that way they're definitely going to know that you sent them whatever it was that you were offering them and you'll 
increase your email open rates and you'll get a much better chance of people actually replying um, or at least reading your email. So that's your lead gen plan. And then the last thing that you need to include is your nurturing plan, right? So once you've done your client persona and you've created some great content, pushed it out to a wider market, got your lead generation in place, um, with your lead gen, by the way, it doesn't all have to be lead magnet stuff adding people to an email list. You can have a straight up call to action. You know, if, if you're, um, let's say you're a conveyancer, you could offer people um, a little a checklist that takes them through all of the things that they're going to need in order to have a smooth property transaction. That's something that you can offer them in return for their email address. The other thing could be just contact us for a free quote. Right? Use a lead form or use a contact form, contact us for a free quote, because there will be a small percentage of people who don't want to download something. They just they just need a conveyancer today. So that's that's great for Google advertising, but also on, on your social, where traditionally people are at a much earlier stage of the sales funnel. Make sure you've got both of those types of lead ads running, right? Not just the list building ad, right? List building you know, probably accounts for about 90 plus percent of the leads that you're going to generate, but there'll be some people who just want something today and you definitely don't want to miss out on those people. So that's your lead gen plan. And then the last thing that you need is your nurturing plan. So how are you going to go about keeping that 90 plus percent of people who don't want to buy from you today or aren't ready to buy from you today, keeping them warm, staying in, staying top of mind and moving them closer to being ready to make a sale. So the way that we do that is you make sure you've got an automated email nurturing process in place and those emails shouldn't all be sales pitchy, right? This is where a lot of businesses get it wrong. Identify where is my ideal customer now, right? So what's their current position? Um, Again, let's kind of use the uh, conveyancer. As an example, it's somebody who's thinking about buying or thinking about selling. And what's the dream outcome? The dream outcome is to be in that beautiful home or is to get the highest price for their home when they sell it, if they're a seller. What are, as the expert right in the field, which you are, what are three steps that people can take that will get them closer to that dream outcome? And then you want to write three emails Each of those emails focuses on one of those steps, right? Make sure that this is purposeful. Make sure that those steps sequentially make sense. What's the first thing they need to do? The second thing, the third thing, and then create that email content, one email for each step and send them out a couple of days apart so that you're, again, genuinely helping people get a little bit closer and a little bit closer and a little bit closer to that goal. And then the last of the emails in that sort of four-part initial welcome sequence should be a call to action to do something you want them to do. Maybe it's to get on a call with you to get a quote for you to do the conveyancing for them or whatever it is that's the service or the product that you're providing. Or maybe it's an introductory offer if you're product-based. Maybe it's free shipping. Maybe it's gift with purchase. But the last of those four should be a really hard call to action to get them to take the action that you want them to take. And then on a quarterly basis, you know, every couple of months or every three months, then you want to have a really big, either a live event of some sort, which might be a webinar or it might be a challenge, um, you know, something like that, in order to get those people who haven't done anything yet to give them that final bit of incentive to push them over the line. And so that's a kind of three-month plan to 
get your client persona, get really clear on that, create your organic content strategy. How are you going to get that in front of more of the right people? Then what are you going to do to generate leads? How are you going to nurture those leads? Some of them will convert during that time. And then once a quarter, big push to get a few extra people across the line, rinse and repeat. That's a 90-day plan that you can roll out over and over again. And they are the core elements or the main things that you need to have in your marketing plan, right? So you don't have to do lots of SWOT analysis or any of those kind of things, but you genuinely should have a clearly defined client persona, content plan, visibility plan, lead generation strategy, and how are you going to nurture those people? If you've got all of those things, and it doesn't have to be war and peace, right? A couple of bullet points on each one is all you need as long as you implement that. And if you can do that, you're going to be so far in front of everybody else or so far in front of most other people that your marketing will absolutely help you for it. And that's what's going to help you generate some sales now, build a list of people that's going to help you generate sales into the future. And then, you know, once every couple of months or once every quarter, quick cash injection into your business. Um, And God, don't we all love that, especially at times of the year like this, where we know we've got January coming up, which can be quiet for so many businesses. So with the new year just around the corner, if you don't have a plan now and you're thinking, God, I don't want to have another year where I don't achieve my goals, you can put a plan like that together in a couple of hours, right? Allocate some time, focus on it, put some distractions aside, turn your phone over, face down, switch it off, whatever you need to do. And in a couple of hours with that simple blueprint, you can have a marketing plan that's going to make your next year is better than this year. So that's it for today's episode, gang. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm sorry it's been such a long time since I've spoken to you. Um, I've definitely got some great content planned for you guys over the next few months, and we're going to have some really cool guests um, on the show as well. If you've got any ideas um, or if you've got any requests or anything that you really want me to cover in the podcast, reach out. I love hearing from you guys, and I look forward to speaking to you all again in the next episode. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a single episode. If you're ready to really level up your marketing and explode your leads and sales, reach out for a chat with one of our kick-ass marketing professionals. Find us at orbitmarketing.com.au, themarketingmashup.com.au, Instagram at orbit underscore marketing, Facebook at Orbit Marketing Oz, that's Orbit Marketing OZ, also YouTube, LinkedIn, and now on TikTok. Oh, 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 oh,